what was it like growing up with seven sisters and uh you know in in this house where mom and dad were doing their best to model the faith run with it brother well uh i would say i was blessed among women Welcome back to another episode of Open Door Policy. I'm your co-host, Emily Mentock, and I'm joined today by... Father Patrick Gagno. How you doing, Emily? I'm doing great, Father Patrick. How are you? Doing really, really good. You want to hear an incredible uh, update, of a life update? Oh, yeah. Let's hear it. Here it is. Okay, this is super awesome. So here in Northwest Detroit, Corpus Christi Catholic Church, where I live, we have a, like a strong commitment. Saturday mornings and Tuesday nights, we go into the neighborhood, and we share the gospel, and we pray for people, and we give them an invitation to come and experience Jesus Christ and the riches of the Catholic church. And we go to the, the stores. Uh, some of the grocery stores have been really favorable to us. And now as the weather has been getting colder, the store owner, the managers at the stores that we go to, to the grocery stores, they've invited us inside into the lobby. To It feels like we're on staff at the local grocery stores. I was talking with the manager on the phone the other night and he's like, so you're going to be there? You want to talk about something about the Lord? I was like, great. He's like, you're going to be there on Tuesday night? Like, we are on staff at the local grocery stores, basically. Oh, my gosh. During the gospel, we set up a prayer station. We give out crucifixes and just pray on people and give them invitations to the church. But both of these grocery stores in the neighborhood have allowed us, like, we camp out in their lobby and, and uh, set up a prayer station and give out crucifixes. Isn't that awesome? Wow, what a blessing yeah. to find a welcome place there. That's uh, that's amazing. True community outreach, just to see the parish, oh like, gosh. going out in the community to be welcome in the community. That is a great blessing. And the Lord, everybody listening out there, if you want to get just some incredible inspiration, like, go to the store and say, God, I give you the next half hour. I'm just going to walk around I'll slowly shop, but I'll be ready to pray for anybody you want me to pray for and just see who he touches your heart. When we give God our availability, stuff starts happening, you know, like he'll open doors that only he can open. And there's a real thrill when we step out. We talk about evangelization, unleashing the gospel in our sphere of influence, uh, but it's good to get out and take some risks too. It gets us more comfortable with sharing the gospel readily. So Emily, that's what's cooking over here in Northwest Detroit. What's up with you down there in downtown? In downtown. Yes. Uh, well, okay. It's so funny that you mentioned that. So I haven't done a lot of that sort of direct more on the street kind of evangelization work in my life before, but, uh, one signature event at my parish, um, St. Aloysius downtown is, um, the night of the Christmas tree lighting downtown. They do this mm. event called light the night where, Whoa. you know, they have people kind of standing on the street inviting cause downtown's extra crowded and bustling with oh, yeah. people. And the trees just, you know, a couple blocks away and in inviting, they open up the church. They do it like by candlelight and have like adoration. And I think some, maybe some praise and worship music or something. Yeah. And then us as prisoners are asked to volunteer to help, you know, give out candles and kind of bring, draw people awesome. into the church. So I'm going to sign up to help do that. Let's even go, though I've Emily. never done anything like that before. So oh, I'll have to awesome. get some of your community outreach, uh, street evangelization tips after this. And no, everybody who knows you, Emily, will, will I think I already vote, uh, it's it's the Holy Spirit joy on your life. And I love when St. Paul, even St. Paul the sixth said, uh, he, the Holy Spirit is the agent of evangelization. So like we can't do it. We just we just go out in the in the fruits of the Holy Spirit with joy and love and make an invitation. And, and it's God who puts the winds in the sails. So you are already soaring in uh, in the graces of evangelization. And that's going to be an amazing night. 
Speaking of amazing, we have a phenomenal guest today. Emily, would you like to introduce him? We do. I'm so excited for our guest today and um, to introduce him. Um, he's actually also an experienced podcaster, somewhat experienced, um, coming over to us from the Men of the Hearts podcast. If you Ooh. guys haven't heard of Men of the Hearts, uh, published by the Office of Priestly Vocations in the Archdiocese of Detroit, definitely check it out. Our guest today, three fun facts, because we you know, we love to start with fun facts, help keep, keep these people down to earth before they share their beautiful stories. Uh, uh, the fun facts are our guest today has seven sisters. I thought I was blessed with two sisters. I can't imagine having seven <laughs> sisters. What Woo! an extra dose of uh, blessing through that. Um, he has experience raising chickens and pigs, um, which is very unique to my downtown life. I never have no experience with that, but that sounds uh, very fun and also loves learning. So secretly uh, a nerd or maybe not so secretly. Uh, uh, so without further ado, we are super excited to welcome today, Father David Pelican. Welcome, Father Woo! David. Thank you. Thank you, Emily. Thank you, Father Patrick. It's really uh, an honor to be with you today uh, doing this podcast about uh, sharing the gospel and counter-growing witness. Um, yeah, just really, really happy to be with both of you today and uh, looking forward to it. Awesome. Hey, tell us about the tell us about the the name of the podcast that you and Father Craig Gira do. Tell us a little about that. Ah, it's called Men of the Hearts. And uh, so it's a podcast about priestly vocations for anyone who, the particular audience is those who might be thinking, you know, wow, maybe the Lord's calling me to be a priest. And mm. so the two hearts we're talking about, men of the hearts, are the sacred heart of Jesus and the immaculate heart of Mary. And uh, mm. Father yeah. Craig, who's the vocations director and the co-host, um, he kind of came up with the name because he has dedicated the vocations office to the immaculate heart of Mary. And if you know where the vocations yes. office is, it's in the seminary, Sacred Heart mm -hmm. Seminary. Yes. So we always go to Jesus through Mary. Mm. So on your journey in discernment mm -hmm. towards the priesthood, you go first to the Immaculate Heart of Mary, the mm. vocations office, and then to the seminary, Sacred Heart of Jesus. Praise the Lord, man. Beautiful. Beautiful explanation. I love that. We're And we're super, yeah, blessed to have you here. We definitely want to hear, um, a hope, well, hopefully hear about your vocation story that you've, you know, shared there and kind of what led you. You're, you were recently ordained, right? You remind us the year? Yes. Um, I celebrated my first year anniversary this past June. Praise so, God. Yeah, a pandemic time. priest. Oh, yes. Awesome. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, to get us started, um, you know, what was your life like? Father, you mentioned seven sisters. Mm -hmm. And um, also, you know, and I believe that you I've heard you share in your podcast that you you entered the seminary quite young compared to a lot of other guys compared to mm -hmm. Father Craig, yes. at least. Yes. Um, so what, tell us what was your life growing up? Was your family Catholic? What was your life like before you sort of like encountered Jesus and decided to uh, enter the seminary? Yeah, that's um, that's a good question. So uh, we had we had a pretty Catholic family growing up. Uh, my parents, uh, it's really due to them. Uh, wow. They they had a conversion. Uh, I would say they were they grew up Catholic, but they had a real deepening of their conversion around the time that they uh, had their first kid. My older sister, I'm the second oldest of, mm. of the eight of us, and uh, they had a deeper conversion and just uh, really started asking. Um, yeah, what the Lord's vision was for their family. And that actually led them to decide to homeschool all eight of us. So wow. my mom uh, was an optometrist before that. She doesn't like to, to boast about it. She was a very, mm. uh, very competent, very good optometrist. Mm. I mean, she, she graduated from Ohio State University, wow. uh, you know, really, really just high honors, all that, uh, wow. but decided to kind of put all that behind her and just uh, be a mom to us. 
and, mm. and, uh, and raise us in the faith. And uh, that's what her and, and dad really did. So, I mean, we kind of, we kind of grew up living and breathing the faith in a sense, mm. um, which was a huge blessing. Uh, so I think the encounter for me was, uh, I look back at my life and I see the encounter in a couple different, different times and areas in my faith. You could say when I was little, I loved Jesus a lot. Mm. Like I, I remember my first communion was a big moment for me. And I went into my first communion uh, thinking, oh, I want to pray for an end to abortion because I know Jesus listens, especially when you receive your first communion. So that was my thought. Then I went oh in, I gosh. received uh, the Eucharist and I, I, I sat down in the pew and I, I did not pray for anything. I was just blown away. I was like, I just received Jesus. Wow. And this is someone who loves me more than my parents as much as they love me. And I, I just, I, I didn't, I didn't say anything. I just kind of, uh, I just kind of sat there really uh, in wonder, kind of blown away by God's goodness. And uh, yeah, even before that, I had this image of God, like um, from the stations of the cross, which we pray a lot in Lent with the family. And it was Jesus, you know, falling under the weight of the cross, but just seeing his eyes, like the, the love saying like, wow, he did that for me. Mm. You know, and it was like that love just like, boom, hit me oh. like a ton of bricks then. And uh, so that was, I think when I think about like encounter, that was probably the first moment was first communion for me. Um, yeah. And it was just kind of like, uh, I guess, so soaking in God's love. Um, Your mom must've been a very effective witness and catechist because <laughs> we've had a lot of guests on here who are living beautiful lives of joyful missionary disciples now. But I mean, I would say like at least half the time people's stories start with like, oh, I was raised Catholic, but that didn't, that didn't mean a lot to me until later in life. But I'm just sure. blown away that when you were seven years old, making your first communion, you were already encountering Jesus and had a profound childlike, but profound understanding of what that meant. I'm just blown away. Whoa. Yeah, well, it, yeah, and it really is, it's due to my parents, uh, both of them. Uh, just one quick story about them. Because yeah. these things, yeah. they hit you, they hit you as a little kid. Uh, they they wanted to learn more about their faith so they could teach us. And so they'd go to these Wednesday night catechism classes. Uh, Father John Harden was teaching them. He, oh, yeah. He's a Jesuit priest around. Mm -hmm. And uh, so they had kids, they couldn't both go. So they, they'd kind of like switch off and uh, dad would go for a little bit and mom would go, but they'd always come back. And then they'd sit down and teach the other one what they learned. It was just, it's kind of cool to see as a kid, like that oh, they made yeah. it that important and they really wow. wanted to go deeper. So it was an effective witness. And uh, I think it, it, it was a great blessing for us kids. Now that isn't to say, I just like, wow, encountered Jesus when I received my first Holy Communion. Wow. And Never looked back. was just like, uh, <laughs> you know, with him ever since, uh, you know, there were, there were a lot of ups and downs along the road, but, uh, but wow. that was probably, that was really the first, uh, First deep moment of encounter. Whoa, Father David, that is phenomenal and uh, one of the absolute best first communion stories I've ever heard. That's so powerful. And Father John Harden, uh, oh, what a he's like a bit of a local legend, man. Absolutely, mm -hmm. what a gift he is. I have, you know, many people have I, right on my bookshelf here his his modern dictionary of the Catholic oh, yeah, faith, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah great resource great, in the great. seminary. Definitely. And uh, so the the witness, I I just delight any mothers and fathers out there listening right now. Uh, that their heart being stirred, that that grace is for you as you pour into your, your children, like the baptism rite talks about how the parents will be the first teachers in the ways of the faith for the children. And David, you're living proof that proof that it works. Like what a craft to pour, pour yourself into to, to raise your children in the faith. It's awesome. Your mom's sacrifice, giving up that career uh, to, to take up this noble task of raising eight children in the faith. So 
take us on through like your adolescence. Like, what was it like growing up with seven sisters and, uh, you know, in, in this house where mom and dad were doing their best to model the faith? Run with it, brother. Well, uh, I would say I was blessed among women. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. No, so, uh, it was it, it was it was a good, uh, very good life growing up. Um, mm -hmm. I had um, where, where we moved when I was about 10 was a more rural area. Right. So uh, before that, we lived in the Livonia area, moved out a little more rural out by Chelsea, actually. And mm -hmm. uh, the chickens uh, and pigs, that's where the chickens and pigs came in. Yeah. Um, we had chickens growing up. Uh, my sisters and I, we'd take care of them, you know, learned a lot that way. I started raising pigs uh, in the summer wow. as kind of like, uh, yeah, just, you know, little, little extra side job. Um, mm -hmm. I actually on my bookshelf right now in my office, you know, I have a lot of what you might expect a priest to have some of the the books for like the prayers and blessings, uh, maybe some Bible commentaries, you know, some spiritual books and just kind of slipped in there. I have the small scale guide to pig raising uh, <laughs> because you, you know how it is. Sometimes people come in and they just like want to browse your bookshelf a little bit. Yeah. I always like to watch them as they get to that one. and just see. That's great. Well, conversation starter. <laughs> for sure. Wow. For sure. Big time. Oh, back to you. Mike. Even, even that piece of uh, living out in the country, I think I uh, was really uh, good for me mm. just to be outside wow. so much working with my hands that kind of thing I worked on a hay farm for a bit hay and cattle farm too so powerful yeah was it was prayer with the family like the seven sister mom and dad was prayer part of that like the family life yeah very much so um we we prayed the rosary every night pretty much uh dad would dad would always lead that um and then when when mom didn't have a newborn very often mm. we'd go into to mass each day too which was, wow. uh, which was, I think, big in my vocation too, because I was serving a lot and I was close to what the priest was doing. I was like, wow, that's kind of, that's kind of cool, you know, or maybe cool wow. is not the right word, but uh, oh. awesome, awesome in the, the true sense of the word, like awe-inspiring. Um, Amazing. Yeah. You know, Father David, before I'll loop it back to Emily, I've got to ask you, I know you are in a big parish with mm -hmm. a lot of families and coming from a family a big family full of faith i just want to have a little fun with you and just i'm going to say a phrase and you just to share what comes to your heart okay but yeah. here it comes the domestic church oh wow uh okay here's the first thing that comes to mind the holy family wow the holy family uh because every family as you know uh, is striving to be an image of the holy family and just the love that jesus and mary and Joseph shared amongst each other, right? Those three hearts, those three hearts. Um, and and uh, the beautiful love they have is, yeah. is like the icon for all families. And, uh, and really uh, <laughs> every family has its, its brokenness. You know, our family does too. Uh, but that in that, the grace of that love, right? Yeah. Their love can be made present. And uh, yeah, domestic church that, uh, well, today, providentially, while we're recording, is a feast of the Lateran Basilica. And so mm -hmm. I was preaching uh, this morning to the first and second graders. Mm -hmm. Man, they're, they're a fun crowd to preach to. <laughs> well, just talking about, like, this whole idea of the church. And, like, we are the church in a real mm -hmm. sense. You know, I mean, the church is, is the body of Christ and we're its members. Um, sure. and, and how it's really the love of the Holy Spirit that binds us. Uh -huh. And I think uh, in a very real way, the family as the domestic church can can be 
kind of the, the visible concrete manifestation of the love of the Holy Spirit to each other. Right on. Such uh-huh. a powerful witness for evangelization too. The light of the world made present in the way that families love each other. Right on. That's buddy. it. I can hear Emily coming. What's cooking, Emily? <laughs> well, you know, and if, in that domestic family or the domestic church in your holy family, I mean, families have a lot of different dynamics, right? And especially mm. whether you have like your small like city family. I mean, even my husband, we're like a little tiny baby family downtown versus right. your big family out in the country, I, I, right? Yeah. And um, ah. even as you grow up, right, you know, the dynamics within that change. So, you know, you shared a little bit what it was like uh, early on when you were younger, but, you know, I'm sure that as you grew up, especially being homeschooled, being home at the farm, going from even just being a child, you know, receiving the love of your parents, but then being an older sibling of many, many sisters Mm. and kind of helping Mm -hmm. lead the family in a way too. So then what was that like in high school, especially as you started to discern seminary, which I, did you go, you went right after high school, right? I did right after high school. Yep. Um, yeah, that's, that's a really good question. Cause especially, uh, being homeschooled, there were a lot of opportunities to, I guess, just be a big brother in that sense Mm. of like, uh, helping to, to teach my sisters sometimes you know, uh, show them, I don't know, maybe they didn't appreciate this as much as I did, but like show them how to use a BB gun, that kind of thing (laughs) from like, like the whole, the whole nine yards, you know, it was, it was really, um, yeah, it was awesome. Always having young kids around. I mean, Mm. yeah, they're noisy and they drive you crazy sometimes, but uh, that's family. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was really cool. Always having like young kids around and actually uh, the way it worked out, I mean, uh, my youngest sister right now is nine years old. Wow. Uh, and so, and I also have a nephew who is, uh, I think, two going on three years mm-hmm. old. So it's like, there's just, there's always been young kids around in the house and uh, brings a lot of life. That's the opposite of like my nice. situation. I've sh- I think I've shared in the podcast wow. before how like downtown, we don't really see children. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's not many, there's sure. not a lot of kids at St. Sure. Al's, but, uh, but yeah. I definitely miss them. Like we, it took us three months of living here to realize how we don't see children. And it's like missing from wow. our lives. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, it's probably mm-hmm. a little quieter at mass too though. So. It is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no crying babies. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, I think I think we're going to see a change in the years to come over there at St. Al's. Mm. There's people being drawn to that parish. It's beautiful. Amen. And uh, Father David, uh, man, it's really cool to see how God, you know, um, utilized the gift of your family dynamics. Like he, you know, this vocation to, to be a priest. And mm. from a young age, you were given this opportunity at, with these younger siblings. It sounds like you were being given the grace to assist mom, assist dad, and be diligent in helping guide another, even if it was teaching them the baby gun. You were like given this grace to practice like caring for another, helping another along. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure you've thought about it a lot, like how God utilized that formation as a young man. So that when you entered the seminary at 18, and I've known you for a while, like yeah, that whole saying about like an old soul or wise beyond their years is more, more just, more justly said. But would you say, looking back on it, you can say, oh, totally. Like he was preparing my heart, forming my heart at a young age for this. Yeah, no, I absolutely. I think so. And, and especially being at uh, Divine Child with, with mm. all these schools, right? I mean, there's kids around all the time. And I think I just, I feel very much at home walking into a classroom and just, you know, saying hi to the kids at recess, wh- whatever it might be, uh, maybe teaching a class, you, you know, whatever it might be. I just, I feel very, very at home in that environment. And, and more than that, it's like, it's very life-giving 
for me mm-hmm. to be just in the schools with the kids talking about Jesus. Yeah. Oh, uh, Emily, so I'm asking, go for it, Emily. Back to you. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So we, you know, it's interesting because, you know, in your life, your, your family was the source of your formation for so long. Um, and then in the seminary, obviously you're being, you're being formed, but now they're out of seminary and kind of like, you know, almost like kind of in the real world, right? Like yeah. what, where do you yeah. turn to now for like growth in your faith? Like, what is that? How has that routine changed, especially as a, a, a new priest, a young priest, and it's kind of like out away from your family or out of that, you know, you know, very specific environment of being yes. in a seminary. Um, how, what, what do you do now to kind of grow in your faith? Well, that's, that's a great question. And it's, it's actually been something on my mind a bit because it's almost, you know, with my family in seminary, as you said, like, it's it's just almost built into the air you breathe kind of a thing. Mm. Um, and now it's, I mean, it is a shift becoming a priest, right? Because the focus goes a little less on, on personal growth and more mm. on just like mm. sharing the love of Jesus, right? Sharing yeah. the gospel, uh, you know, being that, that witness of his goodness in the world. Um, but that, that doesn't, that doesn't happen unless we're still being fed, right? Mm. As you know. And uh, so Spiritual growth for me happens, I think, two two main ways. Uh, mm. Well, okay, three main ways because we got to put the mass in there. The mass is still yeah. like, I mean, that's that's the source and summit. You know, that's Amen. like that's the same Jesus that I received at my first communion, yes. and now like I hold him in my hands and lift him up. You know, and it's just wow. it's it's one of those like surreal moments. Even now, like year and a half in, you know, which isn't that long. Uh, granted, <laughs> but it's still, it's just, it's awesome to stop to think about. And, and hopefully I do mm-hmm. take the time to stop to think about like what's, what the reality is wow. there. So, so that's, yeah. that's one, the mass, right? Awesome. Uh, the other two, uh, one is just like quiet for me. Like I, I like to like, I like to just think about stuff sometimes, you know, it kind of ponder, wonder a little bit. And so it's carving out those times. And usually it's gotta be early in the morning, you know? Because once uh, once this place starts humming, it's uh, there's, a, there's a lot of life, a lot of life, mm-hmm. uh, and a lot a lot of places to go, people to see that kind of thing. So it's it's those that early in the morning time, but then little times, you know. Uh, one thing, uh, well, you know, Father Spezia, probably both of you, Father Bob Spezia. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, he gave he told me for uh, Lent once. He gave me a penance, hardest uh, kind of Lenten practice I ever had, and it was to stop into the chapel uh for a minute six times every day mm. now, i didn't do it six times every day but <laughs> i did for that it was awesome you know it was like yeah. okay two, twice before lunch twice before dinner twice before bed and uh and so that's something i've tried to still do is like because sometimes you don't have a lot of time but you're walking mm. by and you can pop in and see jesus for a minute uh, so it's those little times of quiet bigger times of quiet and then the last is uh spiritual reading i got it got yeah. like the scriptures but also just like Good spiritual authors go for oh, it i was gonna say anything good you've been reading lately <laughs> oh my goodness uh so uh my new favorite I, I like i said i love the eucharist right so i was uh, uh somebody gave me uh this book it's a little book called the bishop of the abandoned tabernacle and it's about ah. this saint manuel gonzalez garcia he's uh he grew up in spain but his story is that um when he first became a bishop he went to this little diocese of magdala uh, he walked right into the cathedral and he was kind of sad because he was like, man, you know, the sanctuary is kind of in disrepair. There's all these cobwebs all over the tabernacle and all this. Mm-hmm. And, and nobody ever comes and prays. 
And so, wow. I mean, the first thing he started doing was just sitting with the Lord for long periods each day. And that like just that informed his whole ministry as a priest and a bishop. And he writes mm-hmm. so beautifully about uh, like the presence of Jesus, the right love on. of Jesus, the heart of Jesus in the Eucharist. So Whoa. I've been loving that. Loving Come that. on. Powerful, brother. Hallelujah. So tell us, brother, what's like, what's your dream over, uh, over a divine child these days and in your priesthood? Like, what are the, what are the things that are on your heart that you're just like, Lord, I'd love to see this. <laughs> well, there's, there's one word and it's encounter, which is actually mm. uh, fitting for this podcast. And it's something that uh, the three of us priests who minister here uh, mm-hmm. have been praying about and thinking about a lot is mm-hmm. uh, how do we bring in particular the students in our schools to encounter Jesus? Amen. Um, and with a special focus this year on the high school, right? Mm-hmm. So we actually changed uh, we changed the whole schedule around so that uh, every week they carve out about an hour and 15 minutes. Um, we have every Tuesday mornings, and it's just, we call it the great adventure. Uh-huh. Um, and it's just any way that we can bring these kids to encounter Jesus. So um, that might be mass some weeks, mm-hmm. other weeks, it's just hearing, hearing a witness talk from maybe one of the teachers or somebody bringing in a speaker, whatever it might be. We had a little workshop on uh, just like different ways to pray. So it's just trying to, trying to bring them uh, to encounter Jesus. That's really, uh, that's really the hope and the goal uh, for me personally. Um, Beautiful. So, so schools is big, but also I just find in my life, uh, young adult ministry and also uh, marriage, like mm-hmm. marriage prep kind of uh, that kind of thing is uh there's a lot of challenges, but also a lot of blessings in that. So. Yeah, and you're a great witness of uh, someone who encountered the Lord at a young age and the life-changing difference it makes. So I, I just love what you're, what's on your heart and, and the other priests there as well to seek to offer. And the passage that comes to mind is when Jesus says in Matthew 7, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will mm-hmm. find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. Everyone who asks receives. And the one who seeks finds and the one who knocks, the door will be opened. And I love that you're giving them, you and the other priests are giving them this space to ask, to seek and knock. There's so many voices that compete for their attention, you know, like the smartphones and everything out there. But to put them in that spot and and give them that opportunity, all you got to do is really open your heart and ask. Like he wants it far more than you want it. But that I, I love the spiritual fatherhood happening there that we, we just want these students to encounter Jesus and then, Amen. then we'll help them grow in that relationship. Amen. That's awesome, David. Amen. Mm. And, you know, I got to tell you another, probably one of the things that I hear most mm. from the kids that's most impactful is nothing yeah. we say or do, but they also have on another day, they have just a like 10 to 15 minute uh, visit to adoration. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're, you're right when you say like life is busy these days, right? And, and for them, like to just sit quietly for 15 minutes is, is amazing. They love it. They're like, can we do it twice a week? You know, some of them are wow. asking, like, can we do it more? You know? And it's just, it's that, it's that quiet moment where they can start to ask the question, you know? Wow. Yeah. Beautiful. That's amazing. I feel like, yeah, like 15 minutes of adoration and quiet goes against like everything kids have these days with like yeah. their screens earlier yeah. and earlier and just being busy, like with their little sports schedules and things like that. And even that's family it. activities. It. So that's yeah. so beautiful that, that you are able to offer that to them and doing it so intentionally. Cause I mean, like, there's always, there's probably a lot of ways you can just offer it, but trying sure. to like really think, sure 
realistically, how are these activities that we're doing in our school masses and to like presentations or, you know, talks that we bring in that thinking that the goal of this, this is not just to do a practice, to practice our faith for the kids or to bring them in for an inspiring talk, but it is for the purpose of them encountering Jesus. Um, it's so amazing. Um, high schoolers are a tough crowd to be around in my experience, <laughs> right? Um, but how have you seen, you know, so here, like an open door policy, it's, we really, we want to place emphasis that everybody's journey, like to encountering Jesus and to, to then like growing in faith looks very different. Um, mm-hmm. What are some of the things that you've seen, um, maybe from high schoolers or young adults, like you've said, kind of a unique group? Uh, to, to encounter Jesus? Yeah, or just has has their experiences been, you know, very different, especially if, I mean, if you're going to a big, big high school, like Divine Child, oh, I mean, that's yeah. really different than, sure. you know, your experience, like, how yeah, has that, yeah. you know, kind of informed your understanding that, that people's journeys look really differently? Well, that's, yeah, no, it's a good question. Um, it's funny you mention this, because we were just talking with, uh, I was talking with the theology teachers today, and they were talking about just like the uniqueness of every path, right? And, and, and the word that came up was personal vocation, right? That, you know, when we talk about vocations, and, and it's true, it's important. We talk often about like consecrated life, priesthood, marriage, those kind of things. Maybe you throw in like the generous single life, you know? Uh, but this idea that it's like, and I think this appeals to young people, that it's not like just these different categories and you got to like be thrown into one. But it's like Jesus has like this tailor-made plan for every one of you um, that is completely unique to you. And it's finding that, that you find your joy, your happiness, mm-hmm. uh, and a sense of adventure. Um, I've seen a couple different types of, of journeys in the high school. Uh, another, uh, I was just talking, I think yesterday to a girl who, um, she's a sophomore, she's in RCIA right now. And uh, she, I asked her like, oh, so, so why, why did you suddenly uh, want to become Catholic, want to get serious about your faith? She goes, I just love the idea. Again, I talk about the Eucharist a lot, but she said, mm-hmm. uh, you know, yeah. I just love the idea of being one with Jesus in the Eucharist. Come on. I was like, wow. You know, wow. That, that was, yeah. blew yeah. me away. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it is, it is interesting. It is edifying to hear the different stories of, of young people. And uh, it's always an adventure, right? It's always an adventure finding mm-hmm. Jesus. And some, it's it's very powerfully through through the Mass and the Eucharist. Others, you know, maybe that's not so impactful for them. We know that's the source and summit. Sure, sure. But for others, maybe it's, um, uh, well, I know we have, we have a coach at Divine Child who, mm-hmm. um, you know, he always prays before the games. He talks to the kids about his faith. And for a lot of kids, that's, you know, an important witness that brings them to an encounter, right? Uh, of just seeing how like faith and sports can come together and you can do sports to glorify God. Um, and I think he does a good job of presenting that for some kids. That's real impactful. Oh, that's awesome. And you've probably seen so much with the high schoolers and, and even middle school that like identity, that the identity piece where maybe yes. you can see that they're, they're dealing with an insecurity about X, Y, or Z and, uh, the, the encounter it. with the Lord, the, the gift, I, yeah. John 1, when we hear that John 1, chapter chapter 1, verse 12, to those who did accept him, he gave power to become because. children of God, to those who believe in his name, that as they encounter the Lord, he wants to continue this, this revelation for them of who they are, how he sees them. And I love that you're using the word adventure, that mm. this, this like identity of who Jesus says that we are and who he yes. reveals to these young uh, beloved sons and daughters of the father, like who they are, how the father sees them 
And then that there's this whole life in his presence that opens up to them in this identity, like to walk as a beloved son, a beloved daughter, and this whole set of possibilities becomes like present in our lives that weren't previously yes. there because we know mm -hmm. like who we are and, and what we have access yeah. to. And we're going to, I mean, us adults, like we're all spending the rest of our lives. <laughs> I was going to say, that's not just for high school. Yeah. Right? Amen. That's, uh... No, we're all spending yeah. the rest of our lives unpacking it and, and mm. living in the riches of the inheritance. But what, yes. a, what an awesome ministry that you have right on, like yeah. you're right there helping them discover who they are and, to and be, what to be what defined by God has for yeah. them. Yeah. yeah. But identity, you know, how powerful that That's is it. for the young folks and all of us too. It is. It is. Yeah. No, I, I, uh, I'm thinking back to our confirmation retreat where we talked about, uh, kind of the theme of like relationship identity mission, uh -huh. right. And, and mission being like what we do and, and finding our identity in the relationship with God not in what we do or how we're seen in the eyes of others. And, and I think that's, that's what you're talking about, you know? Oh, no. And we look at Jesus, right? And he says like, you know, he who has seen me has seen the father, right? right. Who is he? He's defined by that relationship, right. that connection with his father and everything he does flows from that. And it, yeah, amen. That's and it. then everybody in high school at some point, I'm not doing therapy on myself right now, but <laughs> everybody at some point and in, in adult life too, you're going to have somebody say something to you that, that tries to tear you down. You're going to hear some gossip said about you, X, Y, or Z. And the, the fundamental movement of like, I know how my father looks at me and how he yes. speaks about Amen. me. Amen. And that, that, that identity of gives us access to break the power of the words of the enemy. Sometimes Amen. he wants to use people and people aren't the enemy. The enemy is the enemy. Yes. But That's right. yeah. And you can just, man, it's, it sure is something to think about. Um, man, the enemy's ruthless. And, and the young people, he just loves to go after them with whatever he can. So I'm mm. thrilled that there's some awesome, like a handful of awesome fathers over there with all those kids. And you're one of them, Papa David. It's great <laughs> stuff. Amazing ministry you're involved in. It's a, it's a joy to be here, you know? Mm -hmm. it's super inspiring and I think that yeah like you said Father David it's not even just high schoolers that like there's so many of us who need that reminder I've I've talked to a lot of friends lately and there's just like this sense of like kind of struggle I don't know if it's the pandemic or the weather changing mm. or what but just the sort of like heaviness people are tired yes. Right? yes um and I think that there's such a reminder of like it's so much returning to that relationship as a starting point for yes. healing for knowing who you are and what you're made for that then that's going to play out in other things and what you're called to. Um, but that returning, that is such a powerful reminder. I think for anyone listening, especially as we're, you know, we're still in this pandemic a bit, the new year's coming soon. And that like, yes. the, if we're, if anyone's feeling burdened, like just to re remember that God like made you just to love him uh, mm. before he even Whoa. called you to go and do Whoa. anything with that. So Amen. it's been a great reminder Amen. here. Yeah. And I, I think, I think you're onto something there, especially with, I saw it in like, the young adult crowd mm. during the pandemic there was a lot of uh lack of relationship you know mm. uh, on a human level but also i think it, it carries over right it carries over to our relationship with god and uh it was actually it was young adults who started coming to us we started a young adult group in the middle of the pandemic right wow. and i have i have uh at least two other classmates that did the same thing and for most of us it was just uh people coming to us saying like we need something you know, we used to, we used to, we would normally be at college or at work and we'd get some community there. And now we're just, at, we're at home on our computer and we're, mm. we're hungry. We're hungry for relationship. So yeah. Amen to that. Mm -hmm. Praise the Lord.
Well, shout out to the uh, Divine Child Young Adult Group. That's <laughs> yeah. going strong coming from the pandemic. I think it, what a blessing that you guys were able to offer that community when people were really searching for it, um, especially during this time. And I think that now and coming up on the holidays, it's like it's a time that people become aware of that need and that longing mm-hmm. and that hunger for more. And um, hopefully for those of us listening to this podcast, whether it's an event like Light the Night at St. Al's or, you know, right just on. in our parish communities and our families mm-hmm. to be ready to welcome people um, who yes. are really looking for that right now at this time in particular. So, well, Father Patrick already asked you the dream question. That's always our big question uh, towards the end. Um, but since since we've got that, we've got your perspective in school. Just um, what's something that's really giving you life in your in your spiritual life right now? And then um, maybe we can close in prayer after that. Sure, giving me life in my spiritual life right now, or maybe something you have planned. I think Advent and Christmas are coming up. I don't know if you have any plans for that coming up as well, perhaps. Oh, golly, I probably should. You're making me Maybe you should. <laughs> What should I do for Advent? Um, what's really given me life right now is actually, um, how do I say this? It's almost, it's it's a place, I would say. It's the Solanus Casey Center. Um, mm. One of the, uh, you know, what a, what a blessing to have uh, a saint in our midst, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, a blessed in our midst uh, sure. on his way to canonization. Um and uh, it's kind of become just like a weekly journey that I try to make down there. And awesome. uh, it's, it's uh, you know, so a lot of times it's my day off or something, but just to, to go there, have some, some quiet time to really just be refreshed yeah. in the Lord. And it really is, it's renewal and refreshment because as mm-hmm. you probably know, they have confession there, like from, what is yes. it, like 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Yes. So, you know, get to confession. Uh, maybe pray mm. a holy hour to spend some quiet time with the Lord. Mm. Uh, go to go to his tomb. Uh, talk to Father Solanus for a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's been uh, maybe a little oasis sometimes for me uh, recently. So it's absolutely beautiful, brother. And I just, David, uh, one more thing before we do a closing prayer. Um, really, thank you for you've you've given us so many blessings in this episode and. The, the gift of encounter, uh, coming back to that, I don't think we'll ever exhaust that, that well of how powerful the encounter is with the Lord and, and in your ministry seeking that for, um, for the students and then mentioning the young adults as well. And it just, it really stirs for me two particular things really, really quick is one is um, a, a mutual friend of, I think maybe you know her as well, of Emily and I, Sarah Kazmierich. Um, it's her you know, birthday. She, Happy birthday, Sarah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Look at that. And uh, she w- she's used a phrase before, uh, a very gifted speaker and teacher, uh, uh, the sweet spot, the sweet spot. And mm. the encounter always renews us in that, that sweet spot. And I love what, like, you're, yes. you know, what's bringing you life that day off. You're like, I just soak in the Lord's house and talk to my brother, Solanus, and, and soak in the sweet spot. And then also the, the gift of the young adults, like, it's just a reminder to me, like we heard in seminary, it's always okay to waste time with Jesus. And mm, similarly yeah. with a brother or sister in Christ, um, the fellowship, like it's always good to just, you know, sow into another by spending some time with them. And just, we were never meant to walk the journey alone. David, man, from coming from that family, that big old family and being in this big old family, as long as I've known you, I would just say, this is a man of communion, a man who brings people together. And I, uh, gets him in the sweet spot man so we just bless what you're doing brother and could we pitch it to you, you for you. i keep calling you brother brother father um, but if i could pitch it Brothers to you to, to lead us in a yeah to lead us in a, in a prayer and bless everybody who's listening out there with the sweet spot Woo! amen 
Let's begin. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, uh, we give you thanks and praise for the blessings you continually bestow on us. Mm -hmm. And we thank you especially uh, for the blessings you've given us this day that we're not even aware of. Mm -hmm. uh, Lord, continue to, to journey with us. Uh, draw us to an ever deeper encounter with you, with your son, Jesus, and with the Holy Spirit. Um, and in that, give us, give us courage, right? Give us boldness. Uh, to, to witness to you, to share the joy, the good news, uh, the life that comes from living as your disciple. Um, again, we ask your blessing on all those who listen to this podcast. Uh, Lord, just give them a deep sense of peace, especially in the midst of this uh, ongoing pandemic, Lord. Give them a sense of peace and faith and trust in you. Uh, we thank you for this time together. We thank you. Uh, I thank you for the gift of Father Patrick, for Emily, uh, for being with them today for this this moment, uh, this blessed grace moment of encounter. I, I just uh, ask you to seal each one of us with your Holy Spirit. Uh, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father David. Thank you so much, Father David. Good to be with you guys. Uh, and for anyone listening, you can also find the Men of the Hearts podcast at DetroitPriestlyVocations.com and check it out. For Open Door Policy, we thank you for listening to another episode where we hear stories of joyful missionary disciples sharing their encounter, grow, and witness in their love for Christ in Southeast Michigan. You can find more episodes at UnleashTheGospel.org forward slash podcast or on Spotify, Google, Apple Podcasts, or Amazon Music. See you next time.